Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So how is that managing the relationship and the business? Because guess what? That will affect us long term. I want to make sure that I'm being with somebody that is going to be an asset and not a liability, right? Brothers, what up, brothers? Appreciate y'all having me, man. Thanks, Troy. What's up, brother? Thank you, brother. Let me on the assets over liabilities. You know, I can't wait to start it, man. Showtime. Tell a story. Let's get it. Let's get it. Derek, my brother. It's so crazy because, you know, I was just thinking about like when's the first time I heard about Big Dave's cheesesteaks and it's been a minute ago and they was just telling me like how you had the city of Atlanta on Smash and it was like, yo, y'all got to talk to him. Like, y'all got to talk to him. And I didn't even know at the time the connection that we'll talk about later on with your fiance. Yeah. Let's bring it back. Like, I believe four locations. Yeah, four locations. With another one coming soon. Yeah, another one working on right now, Lawrenceville. Okay, part owner of Bar Vegan. Yeah. You got real estate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> corporate corporate yeah. partnerships. We're going to go through everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you didn't, you didn't start there. Nah. Humble beginnings. West Philadelphia, born and raised. Yeah. Playground, hey, where hey I spent most of my days. <laughs> In the kitchen is where you spent most yeah, of my days. Yeah, so how, how, how did that start, man? How'd um, it start? First of all, I'm going to say thank y'all for allowing me to come here on y'all show, man. I'm proud of both of y'all brothers, what y'all been doing, man. It's, it's like mind-blowing to see so much, you know, adversity and everything y'all put into the communities and people really adapting to y'all. So I call it not your average CEO because that's what I built. So, yeah, me coming from Philly, like when I when I was growing up, I always wanted to be something and somebody, but didn't know how to do it because of the resources. So I would sit around, you know, on the block just like everybody else. But in my mind, I used to sit there and be like, you know, it's something else more to this. We getting tricked out of our spots. Like, what else can I do? So I played basketball my whole life, just like every other, you know, kid in America with hoop dreams, but only, you know, a certain amount of us make it. And I had to realize later on that that wasn't my calling when that didn't work for me. So all the way up to 12th grade, you know, this was my, my dying dream. I literally, just like if you was dating a woman and you love her so much, I love Spalding that much, that's all I cared about. But I had to realize that when God was ready to call me for something else, I had to be ready for it. So I lost my father, you know, in 2009 to lung cancer. So for me, um, you know, selling narcotics, I got, you know, tricked into the streets and really didn't know what I wanted to do in my life, but I, I didn't want to ask nobody for nothing. Because I think, that's our biggest pride as men, is like asking somebody for help. You don't want nobody to know what you're going through. You're ashamed of, you know, being broke. 
you know, mm -hmm. and that's what it really is. But I had to realize if I keep the same mentality, I'm never going nowhere. So 2002, um, my parents, they went through a little separation and I got shipped to Athens, Georgia. My grandparents in 1996, they moved there. They was living in Philly, but moved back to their roots in, 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 into Georgia. So I got shipped there just like, you know, Will Smith got sent to Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my mom and my dad, like, you know, you're going to be dead in jail in Philly. You know, I'm getting in trouble and stuff like that. But when you're living in that jungle, that environment, you don't realize what you're doing and how you're doing it to survive. But I was realizing what I was doing and what I needed to do to get, to get out of there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. now I'm 2002. I'm in, I'm in uh, 10th grade. I remember my first day of school. I'm walking in the hallway and I see other races. I never went to school with other races in my life. So I didn't know how you know it is to adapt with other people. I only knew my own kind. So that gave me my little leeway of change. So I went year to year and you know developing myself and changing myself and getting stronger at everything I'm doing. But then the devil hit my family hard where I started losing a lot of my family to cancer. In 2005, my aunt Teresa, she had passed away from cancer and this is the person who I depended on and leaned on to help me get through school because work a lot harder in Georgia than it is in Philly. You know, the, the education systems is different. So she helped me get myself together. And then when I, when I lost her, a big piece of me was lost. And I started getting in a lot of trouble when I moved back home because I didn't care about things the way I used to care about things. You know, like you feel like, you know, what you was chasing your whole life was going to happen. And then I get snatched from you. So I was ashamed. I was ashamed to stand in front of my father, who I know was a blue collar worker who worked the nine to five every day as a construction laborer, also worked the Perceptor on the train tracks, pinning in third rails. And I would watch them buy me the newest Jordans, buy me the and one, you know, jerseys, the, the shorts, anything I needed to support my career at basketball. And then I will honor it that way to give him, you know, what I know he put in all these years of believing in my dream. So when I lost him, I promised him before I lost him, I said, you know, I'm gonna stand on my 10 toes. And he promised me, he said, listen, I don't want you to work for the white man like I did my whole life and don't have nothing to show for it. So I took those words every single day of my life, man, and really, you know, went hard at everything I wanted. And when I really, when I built Big Dave's, it was solely in the beginning just to honor his wishes, right? But I realized that these people out here was needing somebody to look just like them, 40-some tattoos on their body, so they could see the not average CEO side, so they could see what we don't never see in American society. So they can see that is a brother out here not chasing the hoop dream, not chasing the music industry. We're going to do it through entrepreneurship. And that's what I was able to do through this whole mission of just building this thing. All started from this little Shell gas station in Dunwoody where I was told it was too far from the city. I was told there's a little shack. I was told you put too much money in it. Well, I put everything else I had left in it because I blew all of my money that I came to Atlanta with off of a settlement that I got hurt years ago before prior to that. And literally when I got to Atlanta, I see people look just like us. They balling, they driving Lambos. I got tricked into that. So all these years, you know, I'm I'm struggling, you know, trying to get my health back together. I'm hooked on narcotics. I'm in five back, you know, operations. This all the same year, I lost my father in 09. So while I'm thinking this is the worst year of my life, God was preparing me for what's right now. So all of them years that I went through my misery right now, I could talk about that and share that with the world and inspire other people so they can understand whatever you going in, whatever you got going on, you can get through it too because you can watch me do it. 
And Big Dave is much bigger than the food. It's, it's, it's much bigger than that because right now we, we're not only inspiring people, we uplifting everything we put our hands on. We come to these communities, each one of my locations, we're pitting about 35 to 40 people in there that's, that didn't have a job. Mm -hmm. And out of those people, I hope to say that 20 of those people want to build a career to, you know, along the way to say, okay, this is what I want to do in my life. I want to become a manager. I want to become, you know, a district uh, uh, operation manager. You know, all of those things are something that was built through me. I could look at my company now. I could look at it now and say, I did this off of a three-foot, you know, uh, grill and one broken fryer because I blew all my money, you know, to party and everything like that, and I put my last into that. So, so. I, I'm, I'm wondering now, right, because you said Dad was in construction and he worked, you know, for the, the transportation with the railroad. What made you choose big day, the steaks? Like, I, is it a Philly thing? It was like, you know what? Everybody loves cheese steaks. I'm pretty good at it because you didn't go to culinary school for this. Nah. So you just something that you're just doing off the muscle. So what made you choose Big Dave's? Well, what made me choose Big Dave's is total transparency. I, I, I was living in Atlanta and I, I was craving a cheesesteak one night. And I walked into this joint and I ain't gonna say the name, I don't wanna hurt their brand, but I walked in there and I seen how busy it was. So I thought I was at the right place and I bit the sandwich and I'm like, damn, these people are getting tricked out, the, you know, tricked out of, this ain't no cheesesteak, this a Philly. You know what I'm saying? This ain't no cheesesteak, this is what y'all call it. So in the midst of all of this, I wanted to do something. I had the cash to do it because I just came from the settlement. And I was, I was, I was going to go solely into just real estate, right? So I, I now started to say, you know, it's time to jump into something they don't have. I can come down here and take over with this, this food industry, you know. I started out just selling water ice, though. It's Italian ice. They didn't know what cheesesteaks was. I was still waiting on permits to get the, you know, the, uh, the hood put in. So when I opened my location, I didn't have cheesesteaks. I started out like almost a year just was selling, you know, water ice and ice cream, just like a, you know, ice cream parlor. I couldn't get a soul to walk in there because for one, I'm in Dunwoody. I don't know where I'm at. I'm in a predominantly, you know, white. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Neighborhood, um, high income. You know, I can, I can tell you a story. I can remember walking to a lady when I first opened. She was uh, pumping her gas. She had some kids in the car, and I walked up to her. And I said, hey, I just opened this uh, location right here. You know, I got Italian ice and ice cream. You know what she told me? She said, get back. She thought I was going to rob her. Mm. I could have went left, right, like how society put us and say, you know what? I could have got nasty with her. And, you know, I understood that she's in an environment that she don't understand. And what made me understand that is being around my grandfather, like that's the person that really molded me into like a lot of the man I am today. He taught me how to cook. Um, he taught me how to make seasonings, but he taught me principles. And those principles I take every day with me. Like I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing levels. Mm -hmm. I'm chasing the next level. How can I get to the next level so I can inspire my people so they can see they can do it too. That's what Big Dave's is built off of. So in the midst of all of this, I didn't, I didn't even realize I knew how to make a sandwich that good. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking like, you know, I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna give it my all, but in the midst of me opening my brand, the person who taught me how to cook was dying. My grandfather, he, he passed away, you know, he was in the, um, he had emphysema. I would drive from Athens, Georgia, all the way um, to Atlanta each and every day um, to help my grandmother change his diapers at night after I closed my location with a newborn baby. And 
the two men that raised me, that gave me all my principles in life, gave me one last story before they left me. My grandfather, before he left me, I was in tax debt. I ain't making no money. He told me, he said, listen, I'm going to leave you, but I want you to do me one favor. I want you to look at the, your grandmother. She lived with me today. She lived with me for years. I always honored that. And the other thing was, don't put too much oil in the sandwich. Use a little bit of water. <laughs> <laughs> so that helped me to like make the cheesesteak not greasy. But all of these things I took and, and carried with me, and now Big Dave's is who it is today because of the men I had in my life showing me how to lead the way the right way. But I've been through so many different situations in life that all I can do now is give somebody inspiration and inspire them differently because nobody can trick me out of what I know is best for me and my family at this point. So the, the gas station itself, you started with the flavor ice or the Italian ice, right? I'm wondering, did you choose the gas station because of the affordability or how did that location end up? Because I remember I, I used to get lunch from like the gas station. It would be like sushi and we would call it the gas station sushi. I'm yeah. like, well, that ain't a place where people get sushi from. So. Why'd you choose the gas station as a place where you're going to open your brick and mortar, especially selling cheese sticks? I'm glad you asked that because it was given to me. Uh -huh. You know, sometimes in life we look at this like, why I can't have that? I deserve that. Show them you deserve it. You know, we in a world right now, you know, where we use this thing where, you know, we in, we in you know, corporate America or we in a black America, people don't understand us, right? We're trendsetters. I knew that if I was still 35 minutes from the city, I still had a reach. I had a mouth, I had an influence, and I had Instagram. I had social media. It's free marketing. So I took my last $200,000, right, put in this gas station. Couldn't open because the guy who, who uh, built it out the first time, he built it with house stuff. So I, I didn't even know what permitting was. I was about to fly all my family down for my grand opening, find out I don't even have a CEO. Didn't even know what a CEO was to open my location. So. All of these things that I went through in this gas station, there wasn't no stopping me. Do you know the moment I opened my doors, like in real life, I had $2,500 to my name out of having seven figures, right? So my, ment my mentality still thought I had money. You know, like I, like I tell people all the time, you could be from here and get to there, but to lose it and go back to there, you got to be strong to get back because it's a mental break. Like I literally like had to, to gear myself up to understand like, Hey, you're going to get back, but it's going to take you to get you back. You're going to be cooking on this grill. You're going to be the fry cook. You're going to be the cashier. You're going to be the accountant, but you're going to get back. And how I realized that is one day, my homie Tak, he told me, he said, listen, it was a party Meek Mill was throwing, right? And I had a chef coat on. I never forget it. I said, man, I ain't going in compound with no chef coat on. You're going to have me smelling <laughs> like cheese sticks. But you know what? I said, I'm going to go in there because this is who I am, right? I walked in there with my chef coat on in there smelling like a whole Dave's way, right? <laughs> but so many people was inspired off of me what I was doing at the time. They didn't even realize that I was in cookware. You know, sometimes if we in our own identity, who we supposed to be as people, they're gonna recognize you and know who you are as a person way differently than you as looking like somebody else. So I knew I had to step apart from everybody else so people could understand my mission. My mission was just to build something coming from nothing, like really coming from nothing but inspired so many people that they wanted to be somebody just like me. And I had drug dealers DMing me from neighborhoods like, hey bro, I'm about to stop selling drugs. I'm about to do what you're doing. And that's when I really start really going hard at it because I realized that this shit is changing lives. You know what I'm saying? This gonna have my people realizing that they could do it too. In Atlanta, I tell anybody, Atlanta just like LA going to Hollywood, you can come here with a dream without a dollar. 
your dream gonna happen if you never give up on it. Even when you wake up, you gotta keep chasing that dream, and that's what I did. Even when people started knowing about Big Dave's, people started knowing about D Hayes, I still chased that dream as if I had 5020 winning Chapel Road because I knew my mission. Like right now, I'm sitting here talking to y'all. This is a stepping stone for me. You know what I'm saying? I know where I'm going. I know I'm gonna build a billion dollar company. I know the world gonna know me. And I know I'm gonna show the world that not your average CEO with 40 something tattoos on his body is gonna inspire other entrepreneurs around the country to do the same thing, even if they wasn't an entrepreneur, because we all are growing up. Street hustlers, I tell my homies all the time, we, we built this way, we built with nothing, so we had to go get something. So when you go get something, just make it legalized and make a format and put it into a corporation and learn how to scale that, get people that's smarter than you, that's gonna help the ability that you don't have. Because if you got the hustle, and they got the smarts to leverage you into a different part of your life. You building a you building a dynasty. So how did it how did it scale? What talk about the marketing? How did you go from the gas station to we'll talk about you recently? Congratulations in Mercedes Benz Stadium. How did you scale? Was it on social media? Was it influences? What was the keys to you scaling up? Um, for one, before we get to the social media side, one night I sat in my room and cried like a baby. I ain't even gonna lie. I cried like a baby because guess what? When you got all the money in the world, you got a bunch of homies, you got a bunch of women, you got everything, everybody's stroking your ego. When you go broke, you ain't got nothing but them spatulas. And that's all I had. And literally, I used to sit there and, and really stress about it, but what really made me build, like to go hard and build the brand was me promising my father. Like, I honored that man so much as not only just a father, he was my friend, he was my savior. He wasn't the, the type dad that if you was making a mistake, he would make you feel like you made the biggest mistake. He would tell you, make you understand it, and make you live in it. So when I was building, when I was building the business, I just wanted to just make him proud. I used to always look up in the sky and say, Dad, more people saying Big Dave's. You know what I'm saying? It's spreading. So for me, it was just solely about him. But now, I, I, you know, I can't, you know, some days I wake up in the morning, and I, and I really just thank God because I had mornings where I couldn't feed myself. I had days where... I didn't know what roof I was going to sleep under, you know, and, and those are the hard times that I had to live with because my father and my mother both gave me a good life, you know, worked, worked their ass off early on and did what they needed to do to take care of the kids that they created. But when they separated, it separated me because I now didn't know what I wanted for myself. All I, see, all I had was this, this, this crutch to lean on. When you got somebody to lean on to save your life all the time, you kind of, you know, don't think about all of the, the mistakes you're making. But when you out there on your own, you out there on your own. And, and when I got on my own, I wanted to stand on my own because I didn't want to ask somebody for anything. And now, right now, I am my first family's millionaire. I'm my first family to anything when it comes to scaling anything. And now I can pass that down to generations and generations because I know what I want. You know what I'm saying? Just like y'all know what y'all want, y'all know what y'all building. Nobody can stop you from that. Like in entrepreneurship, we're we going to have our roller coaster rides. We're going to have our days where we don't even know how we're going to create the capital to be able to take care of all the things that we need to do. But those are the things that I was willing to take the challenge on because I've been through so many hard times in my life. I was ready to rumble like Rocky. So there, there was another Philly native that kind of changed the game for you. Eve, right? Oh, Eve, definitely, <laughs> so, so she. So can you tell that story? Because when we're talking about scaling, obviously, Eve, the story yeah. goes, Eve posted uh, that she was at the restaurant. Yeah. The brand goes crazy. And so a lot of times when we're in business, people scale too fast and not ready for it. You're in a 700 foot 
700 square foot yeah, business, little gas, station, gas station, right? I'm imagining as this is happening, there's lines going around the corner for a gas station. And so what was that process like, right? Because a lot of times we're not ready to scale and sometimes that hurts our business. So we got to pull back. So what was that like? So I'm going to give you this scenario, right? You can take $100. You know how somebody gives somebody $100 or whatever, right? It's just $100. But if this is the only $100 you've been waiting for, right? You're going to spend it differently. You're going to look at it like, oh, I got, I got something I can feed myself of. When I had my, my gas station, I was starving for something because you got people out here. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, can be doing the wrong thing or whatever. And they making money, they doing whatever they need to do. And I felt like, damn, I'm doing everything I needed to do. And I still can't make this thing happen. But when she walked in that door, and shout out to Eve, man, because I always, you know, talk about her in every interview. Mostly I do because she was so organic with the way she did it. She walked in there and she said, listen, she had some people with her. And she said, they not ordering. I got to eat it first. She said, but if it tastes like home, I'm going to put it on every social media platform I have, right? So, Pinky always uses, you know, with Eminem, you only get that one shot, don't miss the you know, chance to blow, you know what I'm saying? And I'm in the middle of making her chicken cheese stick. I probably got $500 in my business account. I probably got six employees, I don't know how I'm gonna pay Friday. I got rent that's coming, don't know how I'm gonna take care of that. I'm driving a $100,000 Jaguar on a donut. I can't pay for the tire. I don't want nobody to know I'm struggling. Oops. But when, when I'm making this sandwich, all these things that I'm going through in my life, I literally was thinking about. When I gave her that sandwich and she bit it, and she went crazy, that gave me confidence where I could talk in front of 10,000, 20,000, whatever people, and give them my story the right way and motivate them the way I'm trying to motivate them because she gave me that confidence that what I was working on is working. This is it. So when she put it out, man, the next day, I probably, I had maybe 80 to 100 people in line, and I wasn't even making $500 a day. So just like I said, that $100 thing, when you get something that you've been waiting for, it felt like I had a fortune that was sitting there waiting for me. So I just took that advantage and, you know, just kept going on from there. But after that opportunity, I had got an opportunity in 2018 to represent Atlanta in a sandwich competition. And when I got there, I see all these cooks, you know, and I'm, I'm literally like the only black guy. I'm in Orange Beach, Alabama. It's literally, I can count on my finger how many guys that's, our, you know, color is, is there. Mm -hmm. And I'm cooking on a barbecue grill, no flat top. So I'm like, my disadvantage, you know, the devil in my head, like, man, you got all this disadvantage, you ain't gonna win this. I went and found me a skillet, a flat iron skillet, and put on that, that flat top, just like it was the flat top I was cooking it on, a, on, a, on a grill in my locations. Got that cold hot, got it real hot, heated it up, and I made the Dave's Way. The Dave's Way is a sandwich. I, I named after my father. It's a loaded sandwich. I wanted to name that. I wanted to name a sandwich after my father because I wanted every time somebody came in there, it was something that represented a piece of him in the brand. So I made that sandwich. Bo Jackson, a couple of other guests, they ate it, and um, I was sitting in a uh, a big stadium, and I was sitting there running my mouth just like I'm talking to y'all, and they sitting there, you know, naming the qualifiers, and they named Derek Hayes, and I was sitting there, and the lady was like, they just called you. And I was just sitting there like, you know, I was stuck because I didn't realize I was going to get caught. But my confidence was there making a the sandwich. But what we taught and growing up, it, it sets us back sometimes because we don't even realize that we the shit in the room. You know what I'm saying? We are supposed to be here. We work to get to this. 
So when I did that, you know, they named me top seven, ranked 10th in the world in 2018 in sandwiches, not cheesesteaks, sandwiches, period. Like, no matter what type of sandwich. And I carried that, and it, and it you know, it, it made my, you know, business be able to, you know, start scaling nationally. I only had uh, the one location at the time. I built a Doraville location in the, um, in the pandemic. I was able to make two million more dollars in the pandemic because I choose to pivot and, and, and take care of, you know, the community that serves me. I was giving out free meals. I was feeding hospitals because I'm like, we got all of this going on and everybody is standing down. Who is going to stand up? There's no way I could be in these communities and they giving me their hard, you know, earned dollars what they working for paycheck to paycheck. And we got this thing going on and now everybody's folding and nobody's going to stand up. So I wanted to stand up for them. And when I tell you that's the best decision I ever could have made in my life because my accountants at the time, oh man, you, you, you're going to bankrupt us. I don't know what you're doing. And I said, this ain't about no money. This is for the people. If, if, you, if you pay money in a transaction and anything in life, it would just be a money in a transaction. So that's what I had to learn. So how, how did you get into Mercedes-Benz Stadium? That's something that's real big. <laughs> 70,000 people on any given Sunday. And I believe you got two locations. Yep, two, man. They offered, you know, I'm, th th this whole situation is still, you know, surreal for me because I started in a gas station. I now have my, my landmark location, you know, downtown in Atlanta. I still was able to take my first location and move it to another neighborhood right by the location. And now I got the offer to go into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I thought it was just going to be, you know, you come in, you know, offer you one location. And they said, with your type of traffic and your culture, dynamic change that we need in the stadium, we're going to um, offer you two locations. And, man, I really, you know, I had butterflies in my stomach because the thing is, like, I feel like over the years, I don't like to use this whole underdog mentality, but... I've been chasing this thing for so long and I give people the real me. And sometimes we get shaded from that because there's a lot of fake stuff that's getting told out here. So we don't even know how to, you know what I'm saying, receptively, you know, understand what's going on, you know what I'm saying? So I really just took that and now I'm, I'm making this announcement, you know, tomorrow where I'm signing and now it's another person right now in the world that might just have a little teeny gas station or a little food truck or just a cart. And he gonna see that as a brother just like him made a company worth multi-millions and able to go into one of the biggest stadiums in the world and get two locations, that's special. You know, some people say, um, don't do business with family, but my motto is only do business with family. And I'm, I'm real big on that. And I feel like that's something that, you know, is important to us. Like me and Troy, like we've been working with people that we grew up with our whole lives, our families and different things of that nature. So we got a surprise for you because you're a mogul, but you're about to be married to another mogul, yes, Pinky yes, Cole, yes. CEO of Slutty Vegan. And um, you don't know this, but she's actually here. So I felt like it would be dope if he set in on part of the conversation. Oh, y'all done set me up. Like, <laughs> Look, I, I try to get away from her. She's Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, she, she's an alumni. She's part of the EYL family. So I was like, you know what? It's only right. Let's get Derek. But, you know, let's make it a family affair. Knock, knock, knock. Oh, there she goes. Hey, guys. There she goes. What's, What's going on? on? I was in the middle of a <laughs> Perfect timing. Hold up. Time out. But how you going to come here? How you going to knock? Yeah, but how you not going to let me know that you're here? I'm thinking I'm going to do this and you pop up on me. This is a special moment. I couldn't even miss it. Yes. Anything can happen. And I'm happy to be back in this atmosphere. Yeah. And now to to see you do this and be here with you. I'm happy to be well, here. Well, congratulations. Welcome, yeah, right? Yeah, did a Thank good job you. at hiding this from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
million yeah, yeah, gays. Congratulations. Thank Parents sure. again, congratulations on both. A newborn. We uh, just had a baby five weeks ago. I, I mean, yeah. Back to work. <laughs> right back you know to it. You know what's crazy? This, my last interview when I was nine months pregnant was with y'all. Okay. And now this is my first interview since having the baby. It only makes sense. It wow, only makes sense. That's dope. It's to be <laughs> it was supposed to be us. She was having the baby, literally. Like three hours later, she on the phone with her accountant in the bed. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan don't stop. <laughs> Ryan don't stop. Yes. So Pinky, everybody knows who you are, but if not, uh, CEO of Slutty Vegan, uh, great EYL episode and a very inspirational figure in not only Atlanta, but for the whole world. Um, so I was just asking as far as having a relationship is one thing. But having a business partnership is another thing. So I know you guys, I believe you own Bar Vegan together. Mm -hmm. You have real estate together. Yep. Uh, you, you know, got a lot of other Kids things. Kids together, that's a whole other that's, that's the biggest That's business. the big business. That's <laughs> a big we, got, we got dinkies, <laughs> trophy. So how is that managing the relationship and the business? It's manageable, right? A lot of people don't talk about being in relationship with your equal, right? So the first thing is when you meet somebody, you got to make sure that y'all have financial compatibility. And that means I can build a table and you on the other side building the other side of the table. And I can sit at the table and you got enough to sit at that same table. And I'm not just talking about money. Because if I got more liquid capital than you, like you got to come with at least a mindset. So that first thing was the compatibility. And we realized that we had that. He had a business that was doing well. I had a business that was doing well. His mindset was similar to my mindset. So I'm like, okay, this is going to work. The next piece of it is the transparency, right? When we got into a relationship, we had to get honest with our finances. All right, how much money you got in the bank? <laughs> how, how, early on, how early on does that conversation that take place? Like the first week. Yeah, it happened, it happened the first <laughs> wasn't week. Playing. We're not playing. I wanted to know what your credit score was. Like, how do you pay your bills? Because guess what? That will affect us long term. I want to make sure that I'm being with somebody that is going to be an asset and not a liability, right? And I realized early on that he was an asset to me because there were certain things that I knew about business that he didn't know. There were a lot of things that he knew about business that I didn't know. So we were able to help each other along the way. Um, and then the last piece is that equality, that financial equality, right? Most times people get in relationships and one person is making all the decisions. We don't do that. When we got together, we realized that we both are equally responsible for the financial decisions that we make. So when it comes to paying bills, buying houses, paying mortgages, acquiring new assets, we talk about them collectively and nobody makes a decision by themselves. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And I think that following those three things really works for us. And the biggest thing, I call it F&R. That's finance before romance. <laughs> like, important. ain't no romance if we ain't got the finance. If our finances ain't right, well, I ain't sexing you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not doing none of that unless we got our things in order. And to be as young as we are, we got life insurance policies on each other. We got 529 plans on our children. We got investments. We got, like, stocks. We got all of these things lined up because what we're building is bigger than just us. We're creating for our children and our children's children and our children's children children. And it feels good to be with somebody that feels like me. Yeah, this is this is so unique because I'm looking at 
potentially two billion dollar brands. I'm, I'm saying that because no I'm, I'm, I'm taking potential out. Looking at two I'm billion, looking at two billion <laughs> dollar brands. So what is that like being in a household with obviously Big Dave's is your brand and Slutty Vegan is yours, and yes, we have some things that we have together, but you're still building your own personal brands at the same time. What's that balance like when y'all? I mean, I, I guess at the table, right? It like, don't, are, we, are we discussing this? It don't feel like, to be honest, you know. Again, she's vegan, I'm not, but it don't feel like that because when we making decisions, we we asking each other the truth. Like, what do you think about this? Or like, how do I how do I do this? Or what can I do this to scale? Do you think this is the right move with that person or the wrong move? Like, we keep it all the way one thousand with each other because we only hurting each other. We don't, and we and we won. Like when we when I tell you, we really won. Like we getting married next year, but we already share bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Like we already got investment accounts that all the money go to. Our speaking engagements, you know what I'm saying? Everything that we put in that's a plus, we go buy property. We don't, anything that we come up off of, we ain't going out there. Yeah, I got, you know, I got cars in the house, you know, we, we got to have that. But, you know what I'm saying? But, like, the real stuff, like, making sure that things are getting taken care of, like, we put ourselves on, like, a mission to say, how many houses are we buying this year? How many businesses we open this year? Who are we investing in this year? And we follow that. And to be honest, the love part is just a layup because... That is the part that's already set in stone. You know what I'm saying? We already knew that we was going to love each other. We already knew each, how we was into each other. Now, how can we work with each other as one when the rest of the world might not understand it? So we show the world what we putting out, and y'all got to receive it the way we giving y'all because we ain't letting y'all tell no narrative on us. Mm -hmm. And then the good thing about us is when he's winning, I'm winning. A win for him is a win for me. And a win for me is a win for him. So in relationships, sometimes I may be up. He gonna support that win, or sometimes he may be up, and I'm gonna support that win. But because we are one, like it feels so good to know that you could be beside somebody that can win with you, even if it's not them winning at that moment. And we do a really good job of that. So when you talk about balance, I don't even call it balance. We ain't gotta balance that. I would just come natural to us. Um, and the funny thing when he said I'm vegan and he not. Yes, we got two different stoves in the house. <laughs> That's balance, right? Figuring out how we maneuver in the house, but we do a good job on it and it works. So is there, I'm interested to know, because I feel like competition could actually be a good thing. It's like positive peer pressure. We yeah. always hear about peer pressure in a negative term, but positive peer pressure, like if you're in school and everybody's getting A's, nobody wants to be the dumb kid in class. Yeah. So psychologically, you're gonna work harder to get the A. Is there, I know y'all won, but is there any level of competition in the household where it's like, I, I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do that, and I'm going to try to, you know, kind of... It ain't competition, it's motivation. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's in the Mercedes-Benz arena. I'm like, damn, I got to level up. Like, I got to take it to the next level. <laughs> but it's not like, oh, I'm competing with you, because I don't compete with nobody but myself. And that's his mindset as well. But when he's doing big things, it makes me want to grind harder. It makes me want to go harder. And, you know, they say iron sharpens iron. Right. So like when I'm winning, he like, all right, I got to step it up. Like what I'm doing, what's going on? And when he's winning, I'm like the same exact thing. And it works for us because neither one of us ever get comfortable. Yeah, there's no pressure to say like, oh, you leveling up and I'm not because we got so much going on. You know what I'm saying? Even if it ain't the businesses, you know, like we making moves every day. So when, when we making moves, we know quietly what we doing together and we know what our mission is in the end. Like we just was, we we just was on the flight. What, what was the other day? And we talking about damn. One day we gonna sell for over a billion dollars. We both are. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is that knowing that just always gonna have a battery in my back to keep on going because just like y'all, y'all know one day 
you're going to have something where you're going to be proud to say, Mom, hang it up. Brother, hang it up. You ain't never got to do nothing no more because it's the hard work to put in. And right now, we're putting the resources in our family, not money. Because a lot of people don't understand that part. Like, you know, when you go in and help a hand to somebody, right, and it is not uh, capital, it could be information from your brain. What they don't understand is you just gave them something that they didn't have. And now they have to carry that. And that's what we're doing. Like, we're giving our, our people, our family, anybody around us chances and opportunity to do something. Like, we hang around people all the time and be like, what do y'all want to do? Now, we ain't handing y'all no cash to just go blow it, but what do y'all want to do? And it's up to them to do it. And if you don't do it, can't be mad at me for that because I work my ass off to get here. It ain't no handouts. So let, let me talk about, well, first, let me say congratulations. Thank you. The new uh, franchise is open in yeah. Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. First time outside the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering from a real estate side, obviously, you're, I know that you're, you're going in neighborhoods with the envision of having the properties appreciate not only for your property, but for the entire neighborhood. And so when we have a study vegan, are we also looking in a close proximity to have a, a big Dave's in that area to again help the value go up? Is that, is that like so part of the process? Funny. We <laughs> actually just started talking about that. Because now that we're about to get married, the conversation really changes. So this is no longer just my boyfriend, somebody that I'm dating. Like we are building real life partnership. So if I'm doing this in Slutty Vegan, why wouldn't you do the same thing? So that we can grow together and we can win together, right? So like I said the last time on the last show, I'm specific about areas and where I put my business in, right? Areas that are undeveloped, areas that are already in the middle of gentrification, and areas that people probably wouldn't consider even going to to put their businesses in. Do you know my Alabama location was my highest grossing grand opening that I've ever had in all of my locations? In an area that people probably wouldn't even put a business in because it's not so attractive. But guess what we did? We bought the building. We made it attractive. So now that we're about to get married and we become one, I'm like, okay, all right, Slutty Vegan is buying up these locations. Now Big Dave's can go everywhere the Slutty Vegan goes and Slutty Vegan can go everywhere Big Dave's go. And we become more intentional about the things that we're doing. Because guess what? We bring more people to the community. Now we own all the property. Right. And we all get to win because everybody gets a piece of the pie. Yeah. And that literally we just started having that conversation. Last yeah, week. And our yeah. companies, we 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 sell two total different things, but yeah, we I, under one mission. Yeah, because I, I know, like I've heard you say before, 70 percent of the people that come to Sully Vegan aren't vegan. Maybe 90. It might no, be more than that. 90 percent. So now I don't cater to the vegan. Right. And now, so now you have another option. So that, that's really interesting. Yeah. how Y'all could just take over, really. What I think what we're dealing with right now in total transparency is merging all of the worlds together, right? And what that means is I got a multi-million dollar business. He has a multi-million dollar business. How do we capitalize off of that together and win instead of like doing the same thing twice? How can we do it once? We're talking about buying a warehouse where we can get bulk equipment and get a discounted rate because he needs equipment for his restaurants that he's building and I need equipment for my restaurants so we can get a 30% discount if we do it together. Those are the conversations that we're having now as a couple. Is it difficult? Absolutely, but we're figuring out ways to make it happen so that we can save money on the back end and continue to grow these markets. No, it makes complete sense and like you said, helping one brand is helping the other brand. Yeah. So now y'all can help both brands grow at the same time and that's beneficial for both of you. Yeah. Um, but I want to double back on this question I asked earlier as far as marketing because y'all both have a unique way of how you market your business. And it's, it's important for entrepreneurs to know that because I feel like marketing is probably the most important thing that 
you can do in today's landscape, whether it's clothing, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a, you know, a food truck. If people don't know about it, it doesn't matter. You can have the best product in the world. It's, it's not going to happen. Talk about your marketing strategy, what's worked for you, what's some things that have not worked for you. I think you need to go first because <laughs> your marketing costs a lot less than mine. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I wanted to, I wanted to get a people me. Like I wanted to them to see something authentic from Philly because my city hard. Like saying there's a cheesesteak in Georgia and not seeing a Philly boy make it. <laughs> it's kind of like how is it possible? So I really just used to do videos. I'd be on, you know, with my little three-foot grill in the gas station, showing you the cheese, showing you all this, and you'd be at home probably waking up in the morning like, damn, I'm hungry, you know, and then you want it. But it was it was just me, this young black kid, every single day just staying consistent because in marketing and with people is only good as yesterday. So the marketing gotta be every day. So I would wake up in the morning, it'd be like 7.30 in the morning. It's breakfast time for y'all, but it's cheesesteak time for me. Here you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm giving you this, this meal before I open. So I would go and uh, making these dishes and I'm showing Instagram this and then people will want it. So all of my marketing came just organically through me. Like still today. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I don't got no big marketing team. I don't have. You don't uh, have a marketing team. You are the marketing team. Yeah, Let I'm me the, tell you what he do I'm in the, the morning. In the morning, he's cutting <laughs> videos together. Like, hey, babe, what you think about this video? Putting egg rolls and cheesesteaks together and cutting videos from different videos he did before. He does everything all by himself. So here you have this one man band, and I got ten people on my team. <laughs> but what I realized is. We offer two totally different experiences, but those experiences work. He gives a food experience and I give a lifestyle experience. That food experience is I'm going to show you visually what the food looks like and I'm going to entice you so that you can want to come eat the food. I show you a good experience because I want people to feel good. And that experience is through skits, through making people laugh, making people proud and giving them information. So although we do it totally different, what works is that you show how marketing doesn't have to be inside of a box. People feel like you need all this money to have a marketing team. He don't use no money. He use himself. He literally will get, what, 80,000 views off of eating an egg roll by himself. He's the marketing right here. I never wanted to change that, though, because as I scaled, right, you know, people say the brand change, you change. So if I start giving them something different that they, you know, they knew it wasn't built off of, of course, I'm not in the restaurants, you know, every day like I used to be and, and, and working, but I got to keep the culture of the marketing the same because that's what people was used to and that's what they seen me build. Like, I came from here, like, 
showing people like, man, my fryer just went out today. I got to go get another fryer. My grill not working. Shit, I remember days that I used to have to become that. Like they seen that rawness of it. And I felt like I never could change that because I need people that, that, that probably gave up on life and can't figure it out, don't have a lot of capital, don't know what to do. Now I'm going to show you how to do it and you do it just like this because social media is free. You know what's funny, real quick? That's what marketing is these days. Marketing is transparency, right? When you think about marketing and, and expanding your business and exposing it to the world, people want to see real deal. They don't want to see you like a full production all the time and like it's very edited. People don't want to see that. People want to see authenticity. They want to see something organic because they feel like they can connect better to it. I was telling somebody the other day uh, with our marketing, when we do the raw video, like in your face off the camera phone, we get more views, we get more exposure, and we get more engagement when we do it that way versus having a videographer do this whole production and action and all of that stuff because people want something so natural. And, you know, it's funny that you said when you talked about showing your food, I never show my food. I used to tell you that. Remember I used to be like, show your food. I still don't, but it works for me. Why, Why not? Yeah. Because I'm selling experience, I'm not selling food. Mm -hmm. He's selling food. And then you get the experience after you get the food, right? And through my experience, what I realize is, is it's so much going on in the world, right? The, the economic downturn. We got COVID. We got monkeypox. We got all of these things that happen every single week. We hear about something new. People just want to feel good and they want good energy. So I treat it like a Hershey Park, like an adventure world. I want to give people an experience of a lifetime so that they can go and tell their friends, like, I got to go back to this place because they make me feel good. Yeah. And that's what really our marketing is, transparency and making people feel good. You can see the food when you get there. <laughs> and my food ain't even that attractive anyway. So, I mean, you know. It sure is good, though. <laughs> it's not about to say it's good because I had <laughs> one yesterday. Definitely good. So, and y'all used the word culture. Both of you used it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the, the things that y'all have mastered cultural capital, knowing what people want, knowing how to entice them, but also how to make them feel, especially your team, feel inclusive. Like when I walk into Slutty Vegan, it's like a parade is in there. I'm like, wow, I, I feels good to be in here, let alone if that's their experience. Same thing with your, your, your business. So when did you realize the importance in making that the paramount thing that you wanted to have inside of your business is that cultural capital? Well, for one, you can't make nobody that's on that boat feel like a worker. They got to feel like they're a part of the mission of what you're building. If you make people feel like, oh, you just come in and clock in and do the job, you're going to get clock in and do the job work. When you make people feel like it's a family, let's build this together, one day you will grow and grow and grow, and one day you might be an equity holder. It's bigger than, than really waiting for retirement, 401k, any of that, because you're working with something that's so real, you believe in it just as much as the owner believe in it. And that's what you know. both of us was able to do along the way. Like, Myself and Pinky both gave out, you know, equity, equity to a few of our people that, you know, either started with us or people that showing that, that they deserve it. And I think that is the one thing that helped Big Dave's is that it's people inside of those locations that really love the brand and really honor what I did for my father, naming my brand after my father and actually telling them what I've been through, where I got in my life coming from Philly. They feel a part of my journey, so they don't want to let me down, not only let mm -hmm. themselves down. They want to be a part of this mission and make this a billion-dollar brand. And I think that is what we have to do more of all the way around the board is make people feel like they're a part of us instead of working for us. Mm -hmm. I realized how important culture was when I learned that I was a bad leader. Mm. <laughs> and it took me four years to recently like, be comfortable to say that. I wasn't always the best leader. 
I was the person that was going to yell at you and not teach you. And I thought teaching you was yelling at you. And some people learn from it, right? But I used to be so militant. And so it's my way or the highway that I started losing employees. And when I started losing employees, guess what it did? It affected the culture. So if the employee's not happy, they're not gonna be good to the customer. And if the customer is not happy, they're gonna stop coming. And if they stop coming, who's gonna pay the bills? You know what I'm saying? So I realized that in being a better leader, I can sustain the culture. And the culture is really making sure that people feel good all around you. And like he said, incentivizing the employees, giving my day one's equity to know that like you are a part of this big picture. I'm not just giving you a paycheck, making sure that all of my employees um, who work 40 hours a week get full benefits and you don't have to be a manager. Providing my employees with life insurance like those are the things that really raise and boost the culture. So now the question is not at this point, how do you boost the culture is how do you extend the culture because my biggest area of opportunity is scaling culture that's hard to do mm. right making sure that you're happy in Atlanta just as like you're happy in Birmingham so I'm excited about it it's very scary but culture can be scaled you just got to make sure that the people around you feel good because guess what it's not me that's making these people happy it's the employees and as long as you can make them happy they'll continue to scale your culture and your business what we have that a lot of other businesses don't have is we got the cultural capital you can't pay for that there's no. big businesses that call us asking for advice on how to scale culture on how can they be cooler what do we got to do to make more people pay attention to our brand well y'all got $30 million in the bank and y'all asking us this. But what we realize is, is we come with an authentic approach. It don't matter who we sitting in front of. If it's a billionaire, if it's somebody that got a dollar in their bank account, we still come the same. We give you that tangible energy and that is cultural capital. Do you understand? Just like y'all did a festival in Best Fest, which was fantastic, by the way. Thank Appreciate you. Yeah, dope. Thank you. If we did that, we put up an Instagram flyer. We'll have the whole city out. That's cultural capital. Yeah, with no marketing. Just with no marketing. Mm -hmm. Because people feel so tapped into us. When we win, they win. And they feel like they're growing on this journey with us. And that cultural capital, you really can't pay for that. You can't go to school to learn it. You just got to have it. It's that je ne sais quoi. What did they say? Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yes. You just got to have that. And I think that we have that in an organic, not cocky way, but in a confident way, which is why so many people really support us in everything that we do. I want to talk about the future. Um, Brooklyn, yeah. welcome to New York. Yes. Um, Brooklyn. So <laughs> you're going to be in Brooklyn. You're going to be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, both two accomplishments within themselves. Um, what's the future for the brands? What is the expansion plans for the brands? Where do you see the brands going in the next five, 10 years? Well, right now, like I told you, I'm, just, I'm living in my moment, you know, that I just got into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm building Lawrenceville right now. So in the midst of that, I'm have five locations. Then we're going out of state after that location. And, you know, we're going to make Big Dave's a, a billion dollar company in the next few years or less. Uh, and I got a book coming out. My seasoning about to be in the markets. So I'm working on, you know, dealing with the market side of things, just not the rest of the restaurant side. And also, I'm building D. Hayes myself, you know, because people need to understand who I am before they know who my brand, my brand is. Because so they understand me, they're going to understand the mission and what I really want and know that I'm not chasing transactions or money. I'm chasing resources and levels. 
and anybody want to jump on that that bandwagon with me is going to grow or they're going to watch me do it because I walked in a lot of rooms uh, who a lot of them ain't get me in them rooms, but I had to sit at that table with me and figure out how I got in them rooms because ain't no stopping me. So we're going to the top with this. Yeah, there's a lot happening with <laughs> um, I'm opening my Brooklyn location um, very, very soon. I got a couple of other cities coming. I got my dips in Costco. I got my dips in Target. I just signed a seven-figure book deal. Um, we're building family together. We got a card game coming out. Mm. Uh, Not your average CEO. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We ain't leaving nothing on the table. And it feels so good that Slutty Vegan specifically started off the Mecca and the Empire. But that's not what's about to finish it, right? That was just a vessel to get through all of these things. So now I'm a philanthropist. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a teacher. I'm a mother. I'm a friend. And I get to capitalize off of all of these things organically because Slutty Vegan introduced me to a world that I could only dream of. So I'm excited about what the future holds. I'm excited to marry my best friend. Um, and I'm excited to us, for us merging our worlds together and building that billion dollar empire that we talk about all the time. And it feels so damn good because ain't nothing fake with us. It's all authentic. Like, yeah. we don't even rock like that. We won't even know how to move forward with that. We just want to see each other win. We want to keep inspiring people. And we building our family. We ain't having my kids right now. <laughs> we ain't having no kids. <laughs> kids right now. That's a wrap. We got three girls, three girls and a boy. And by the way, I left something out. So for me, the biggest blessing that she gave me, I love my daughters to death, but she gave me my son. And my son was delivered on the same day I lost my father, July 6th. So my worst day of my life happens now to be the best day of my life. So now the world better watch out because I have nothing stopping me now, nothing stressing me because now I got my king who I'm going to leave my legacy to to take care of my queen. So yeah. I'm happy about that. What's better than one billionaire? Two. Two. <laughs> Two. One of the things I, that you left out, Slutty Productions. Yes. <laughs> you thought she was going to sneak that by us? Hey, today, you know what's so funny? Today That's she was about to be a rapper. Listen, <laughs> so I got this beat, right? I got this beat and I've been listening to this beat over and over again. I said... I'm going to become an artist, right? And he laughed at me, not because he didn't believe in me. He's like, here she go again. But I'm going to become an artist. I'm going to take this beat and I'm going to put one of my interviews over this track and I'm going to put it on the radio and have everybody streaming it. So I'm showing people that Pinky Cole can tap into every single industry and disrupt all of those industries. So in the next couple of months, y'all going to hear Pinky Cole featuring so-and-so on the track. Okay. Why and I'm going to win a Grammy for it. I'm claiming it now. The replay this when I win my Grammy and accept my award. But like, I'm so crazy. Both of us so crazy with the ideas that I can come up with a production company and a record label and sign an artist and become an artist and become talent because there is nothing that I can't do. But nothing don't feel better than telling somebody your mission and telling your dream and they didn't believe it. And then you show it to them. Nothing feels better than that. And, and, and doing it in a way that you didn't ask for no handouts or anything. I gave you the opportunity to jump on. You missed it. You didn't do it. Now you got to watch it. For me, like in my city, I went from being one of the littlest in my city 
to one of the biggest in my city. You know what I'm saying? Off of just belief in that three foot grill and believing in culture changing and belief of, yeah, you going, you went broke, but you ain't give up. And now today, I got some of the biggest influence out of Philadelphia right now, out of anybody. And that all came from entrepreneurship. There you have it. The biggest. Keyword, biggest. The yeah. biggest. Fitting, very fitting. <laughs> it only makes sense. <laughs> now nah, we want to thank y'all. Keep inspiring, first and foremost, and keep the love going. It's, it's something that's needed. And I'm excited to see where the brand grows. I got a question for y'all, though. What's yeah. that? Are y'all coming to our wedding? Of course. Of course. That's oh, easy. Is it destination? Oh, it's yeah, definitely we're destination. We're getting married in Jamaica. Oh, perfect. You know, you know that. It's a real life invitation. That's home. Martigo That's home. Man, you got yeah. you got yours live, yeah. full in effect, both of you. Perfect. Oh, How there. about this? We I'm come there. to the wedding and you let us cater it. <laughs> I, got I got something better. Y'all come to the wedding and y'all do an episode at our wedding right before we walk out. Yeah, you have done. That's you done. done. Live broadcasting. EYL and live in Jamaica. <laughs> Outstanding this dress. A, this is going to be a whole situation. History again, ladies and gentlemen. That's a wrap. That was cool. That's Sersky. Hey, it's Troy Mashad from Assets Over Liabilities. This episode's word, equity. This is the Asset Journal, brought to you by Ally. Equity, typically referred to as shareholders' equity or owners' equity for privately held companies, represents the amount of money that would be returned to a company's shareholders if all of the assets were liquidated and all of the company's debt was paid off in the case of liquidation. Equity is the amount of ownership you have in an asset. There are two sides of the coin, consumers and owners. Equity is key to ownership and for our community it is crucial we flip the coin from consumerism to ownership through things such as investments, equity in companies and products. Only here on Revolt. Insurance plans come with deductibles and claims processes that are confusing and expensive. CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. Each member gets a personal care advocate and access to thousands of other members ready to help pay for large health expenses. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. 
But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your healthcare. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.